Well, good morning, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the program this morning. Unfortunately, it's drizzling outside, which means we had to come inside and do live stream with you. Uh, we appreciate you being with us this morning. Uh, we hope you're ready to worship the Lord there in your home or your office or your car, wherever you're listening. We're delighted that you're joining us via live stream today. We're going to open up and sing a couple of verses of one of my absolute favorite hymns. This is page 246 in our hymn book. You don't have a hymn book, so you don't need it. But we'll do the first verse and the last verse of Redeemed, How I Love to Proclaim It. Let's sing together this morning. Sing with us now, Redeemed. much we appreciate that this morning i'm going to open up in a word of prayer for us uh, a lot of you may be wondering where brother ken is pastor ken is on vacation this week so you pray for him and his family that they'd have a good time uh, they'll be back with us lord willing next sunday morning and so uh, i also want you to go ahead and be putting in your prayer requests in the comments boxes as we always do and i've got several requests that i want to bring to your attention this morning we put out on our call system Please pray for Brother Lester Rohr. He will be going this Wednesday for some surgery. Please pray for him, one of the men of our church. Pray also for uh, uh, Chester, uh, excuse me, Chelsea. We've been praying for her uh, with her uh, kidney issue that she's facing. Sister Annette Rohr will be going Wednesday to the cardiologist. She's got some significant heart issues she's dealing with. And then we put out already, uh, and want you to please continue to pray for Sister Lisa Coffey. Lisa tested positive for COVID, and uh, she's had a rough, rough, rough few days. Please pray for her. Please pray for the family. Of course, they're all quarantined now for two weeks, uh, but Lisa was in the ER. She's had a really difficult time the last several days, so please pray for Lisa uh, and the other extended members of the family as well. Uh, if they're listening this morning, Brother Coffee, it's all good, so uh, we appreciate, as always, what you're doing for us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Lord, we love you today. And we're so glad to be in your house. We count it an honor and a privilege this morning. Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, all that's happening in our services today. We're thankful, God, that we can assemble ourselves together, recognizing that though we can't all be physically together, we can enjoy the presence of the Lord, whether we're here uh, in physical body or where we're listening uh, uh, via live stream. Uh, Lord, I pray a special touch of grace upon Sister Lisa Coffey this morning. Lord, they've been so faithful, uh, she and Brother Coffey, during our transition to remote. And Lord, I know there's just the work of the enemy to try to keep them out, but we are so thankful this morning that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you for those that have stepped in to help. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them for their efforts. Bless all that happens this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be, I always say you can be seated. There's nobody to be seated. <laughs> I am uh, so glad that we've got a young man singing for you this morning. Uh, this is Brother Evan Joyce. He grew up here in our church, uh, and now he is doing so much for the Lord. I texted him this morning and said, Evan, I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to sing outside. We've got to move the services inside because it's raining out. And I love what he sent back. He said, that's all right, preacher. It's still a good day to praise the Lord anyway. You listen to Evan as Evan sings. you down and you feel more broken than whole when the wounds go deeper than words 
far too busy to care about your troubles and strife. He sees the sparrow that falls to the ground, and he hears the tears that don't make a sound. If you only knew how precious you are in his sight. Isn't that good? Amen. I love that. I told Evan, Evan had this crystal clear, gorgeous voice when he was a youngster. Uh, clear as a bell. Thank you, son. And uh, I told Evan some time ago, I am so glad that when Evan's voice changed, it still sounds just as good as it did as when he was eight years old. I'm so glad Evan's singing for the Lord this morning. Got a whole series of announcements that I want to give you. Uh, first of all, we are honored to be participating with the Back to School program in our community. Today was the day that we bring paper and yellow highlighters. We have nothing scheduled to bring next week. Next Next week was meant to be a catch-up week, so you can bring all those things in uh, next week, next Sunday. So please keep that in mind if you would. Again, next Sunday we'll still be collecting, and in fact, through the entire month of July, we'll be collecting. And those of you who had your ties, you just hold on to that and give it next Sunday as well, or mail it in as you've been doing. Use the uh, an online system, whatever is appropriate for your special need. The next Sunday, Lord willing, will also be Patriotic Sunday here at the church. we got lots going on. We're going to have a catered lunch, uh, and it will all be outside. Uh, we'll be using our downstairs uh, uh, area, parking area for that at the child care entrance. Uh, it's $5 per person, and I promise you, you can't go to McDonald's and get hamburgers and hot dogs for $5 a person. Uh, children under 12 are free. We'll be giving out some prizes for the best dress, a patriotic dress for the most patriotic vehicle, and the most patriotic chair that you'll be sitting in in the parking lot next Sunday. So keep that in mind if you would. We have a rain date scheduled as well. If it happens to be raining next Sunday, which uh, uh, then we will do it the following Sunday. Uh, so please keep that in mind. Uh, we will need patio furniture for that and umbrellas. We're going to set those up downstairs. Uh, if you can help us with that, we're going to be decorating next Saturday. So please let my wife know uh, if you're willing to help us, if you're able to help, if you've got some patio furniture that you can bring so that we can set stuff up and have a great time of fellowship uh, next Sunday as we celebrate Patriotic Sunday here at SAGBC. And then a lot of you heard about this, Pastor Carl Hoyer, uh, a local pastor here. Uh, his daughter and wife was in a car accident over the weekend out of state, and unfortunately his wife has passed away, and his daughter is in the hospital. So please pray for them if you would this morning. Just before we get into the Word uh, and give you this uh, morning's message, Evan's going to do one more song for us. Evan, you come get ready to sing, and then you can go ahead and get your Bible. Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus, if you would, and as soon as uh, Evan has finished this song, a beautiful song written and read by Janet Paschal, uh, we'll get into the Word. Evan, you come on, buddy. In letters of crimson... <laughs> You're perfectly fine. <laughs> Thank you. 
In letters of crimson, God wrote his love on a hillside so long ago. For you and for me, Jesus died and love's greatest story was told. I Amen, son. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus, chapter number 8, if you would please. The book of Exodus, chapter number 8. Fantastic job, Evan. Appreciate that so much. I love that song, and I love Evan's talent. I'm so glad he's using it for the Lord. Exodus, chapter number 8 this morning. I've got a lot of verses that we will read throughout the message today, but I want to start off with just one verse. We, we will read the very first verse of Exodus chapter 8, verse number 1. Look at it with me this morning, if you would. The Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus 
saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go that they may serve me. Father, thank you for the songs that Evan sang for us this morning. We are so thankful for that blood that Jesus shed on Calvary's cross as a reminder that he loves us. Willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice so that our sins could be forgiven. That we may one day celebrate him in your presence. Lord, we're thankful that while we're here on earth, God, you, you've promised us that whatever matters to us matters to you. Those songs have seared our hearts today and reminded us exactly why it is we worship the Lord on a Sunday morning. Lord, I pray now that as we get into our preaching time that you would bless. Thank you for those that help us put this on this morning. I pray that you'd bless them. And Lord, I pray especially that you'd send the message out to those who are listening in their cars, in their homes, on their televisions, whatever way they're listening. Lord, I pray that you'd bless. And most especially, if there's someone listening this morning that has never been saved, Lord, I pray that you'd send the Spirit of God wherever they are and show them this morning their need of salvation. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. When I was a child growing up, there was a very popular game show that I loved to watch. The host of the game show was a man named Monty Hall. And the premise of the game show involved guests wearing some pretty outlandish costumes. Monty Hall would go around and he would randomly select someone with a crazy outfit on. And he would offer them an envelope with something in it. And he would tell them, you can accept what's in that envelope. And then he would often point to curtain number one. Curtain number two and curtain number three, or he would say, you can exchange that envelope and make a deal. Oftentimes, the person was allowed to see what was in the envelope. It might be $100. It might be $50. Sometimes it would be a significant amount of $1,000 or $500. And the person on that very instant had to decide to keep what was in the envelope or give the envelope back and make a deal. Sometimes what was behind the curtains uh, were significant prizes, trips, vehicles, furniture, things that anybody would want. And sometimes behind the curtain uh, would be something that nobody would want. And when that person traded in, made a deal, and had something that nobody would want, you would hear this loud zonk noise and everybody would groan and get a kick out of it. And most of you know that the show I'm talking about which I understand has a modern remake today, is called Let's Make a Deal. Let's Make a Deal. In Exodus chapter 8, God reminds Moses and tells uh, 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 that he's supposed to go to see Pharaoh and that he is supposed to tell Pharaoh that it is now time, thus saith the Lord, to let the Israelites go so that they could serve the Lord. Most of you who, who've been saved any length of time, you know the story that Moses was called by God at the burning bush, commissioned by God to go rescue the Israelites. And now in Exodus chapter 8, the time has come where Moses is to appear in front of Pharaoh and say, God sent me here, and it's time now to let our people go. If you read, most of us understand that because of uh, Pharaoh's rejection, a series of plagues infected Egypt. But in the midst of those plagues, uh, on four different occasions, Pharaoh tried to offer a deal to Moses. Let me say that again. In the midst of those plagues, on four different occasions, Pharaoh tried to offer a deal to Moses that would allow a part of the commission to happen, but not fulfill it entirely. So I want to preach to you a message this morning that I'm stealing from the title of the game show, Let's Make a Deal. Most of you know that when you begin to read the book of Exodus, you've got some beautiful typologies that are playing out. For example, Egypt is without question a type or a symbol for the world. Pharaoh is a type or a symbol, if you will, of our enemy, Satan, the devil. 
I also want you to understand that in each of the instances, hear me now, in which Pharaoh said, let's make a deal, that these are the same deals that our enemy, Satan, is trying to convince safe people today to make. May I just pause a moment before we get into the message and remind us uh, that as Christians, uh, anytime we deal with the devil, we don't get the better prize, we get the zonk prize. Anytime we deal uh, with the enemy, anytime he convinces us uh, to give up part of the blessing that is ours, uh, we don't end up with something better, we end up with a glorious zonk, uh, and what ends up happening is far worse than what we could have imagined. So I want us to look at the four deals this morning that Pharaoh tries to offer Moses and remind all of us that these are the same deals that the enemy's trying to offer us this morning. Look, if you would, at chapter 8, jump down to verse number 25. Jump down to verse 25. Let's read it together. We'll read 25, 26, and 27. Pharaoh called for Moses... And for Aaron, and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God, and notice the next prepositional phrase, in the land. Look at verse 26. Moses said, It is not meet so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord your God as he shall command us. In short, Pharaoh says to Moses, Moses, I understand that God has told you to bring out uh, the Israelites into your promised land. So I want to make a deal with you, Moses. Let's make a deal. You, You can serve your God, but you don't have to leave Egypt to do it. You can sacrifice to your God, but, in, but instead of leaving Moses, why don't you sacrifice to your God in the land, in this land? In other words, Moses, why don't you just stay here in Egypt and try to serve God here? Let me just pause a moment and say that is the same deal. Why don't you just sacrifice here? That's the same deal that the enemy tries to offer believers today. The devil comes along and says to us, now, child of God, let's make a deal. You go ahead and you be a Christian if you want to, but you don't have to change anything about yourself. You can be saved and still live like everyone else in the world. Uh, Don't stand out. Don't be different. Don't get out of Egypt. Uh, Let's make a deal. Sacrifice here and don't worry about anything else. That's a deal that the enemy's always trying to make. Always trying to convince believers uh, that you can be saved, but you don't have to live like you're saved. May I pause a moment and say uh, that God did not call us out of Egypt for us to still dwell in Egypt. God did not call us out of sin. He didn't pull us out of the pit. He didn't put our feet on a rock to stay uh, so that we would end up back in the quagmire of sin that he saved us out of. If you go back and look at those verses, you will see that Pharaoh offered the deal, but Moses refused for two reasons. Look at verse 26. Moses said, is it, it is not meet to do so, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abominations of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? In other words, Moses said, Pharaoh, If we try to do our sacrifice here in the presence of the Egyptians, the Egyptians are going to see it as an abomination, and they will end up hating us and stoning us. In other words, if you you recall, when, when Israel would sacrifice their animals... That would be an abomination to the Egyptians because they worship many of the animals uh, that the Israelites would sacrifice. Moses said, Pharaoh, we can't stay here. 
We can't try to live our life as God's people in the middle of Israel and the set in the middle of Egypt. And the second reason, he said, it's an offense to the Egyptians. And may I remind all of us that the life we live, if we're a child of God, the preaching of the cross is still an offense today. This idea, oh, I hope you're listening this morning, this idea that we can be a Christian and live like the world is counterintuitive what the Bible says, but you hear me, you live out of the world, you live differently from the world, and one thing I can promise you, the world's not going to like you. Bible says that the preaching of the cross is an offense to them that believe, but unto us that are no better, to us that are believing, it is the power of God. Besides... You don't have to look now, but you can look over in the book of Exodus chapter 3. And God made it very clear to Moses that he was to call them out of Egypt, get them into the promised land. So to stay in Egypt and sacrifice there uh, would have been open, blatant disobedience to what God said. Let me just put an exclamation point here. If we try to live in the world and try to be a Christian at the same time, uh, that is a a fence we cannot straddle. Uh, We end up getting brain damage, spiritually speaking. Uh, And before you know it, uh, I I promise you, uh, you'll be leaning the world's way, not God's way. Israel had taken that deal, stayed in Egypt while trying to sacrifice. Uh, They would have never made it to the promised land. And you hear me this morning. If you take that deal, if I take that deal, then we can forget victory, we can forget power, and we can forget the blessings of God in our life because God will not fill a dirty vessel. Deal number one, Pharaoh said, won't you just sacrifice here? Jump with me now, if you would, please, to chapter 8. Go down to verse 28. Chapter 8, verse 28. Pharaoh said, I'll let you go that ye may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away. Entreat for me. In other words, Moses said, here's deal number two. Excuse me, Pharaoh said to Moses, here's deal number two. You can go, but just don't go too far. Stay as close to Egypt as you can possibly go. Pharaoh is saying, Moses, let's take a deal. If you and your people must separate, just don't go too far away. Well, I know you can read between that already. You know, Pharaoh wants them to stay as close as they possibly can so that when it's time for him to snatch them back, he's got the ability to do it. Pharaoh says, if you want to go sacrifice, if you want to go do your thing, if you want to go serve your God, you do it, but you stay as close to Egypt as you can possibly get. That's the same deal today, folks, that I'm afraid the enemy convinces far too many believers to take. He says to them, you can be a Christian, but just don't take this thing too far. Don't become crazy about it. Don't stand out too much about it. Don't be too different. Don't be too fanatical. Uh, You be a child of God. You be a Christian. uh, But kind of keep that to yourself, if you would. Look at what Moses said in verse 29. I love this. Moses said, I go out from thee. Can I paraphrase that? Moses said, we're out of here. We ain't staying near you. And I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, from his people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully anymore in not letting the people go sacrifice to the Lord. Here's the truth of the matter, church friend. Our enemy will give us just as much rope as we want to spiritually hang ourselves from it. Neither he Though the world wants us to live for God. Why? Because a sold-out child of God, whether you're a teenager in high school, a young adult starting a family, or a senior saint who's retired, a sold-out Christian is an abomination to this world. It's a threat to the enemy. Satan wants us to live our lives like the world around us. He says things like, don't stand out too much. Don't try to be too different. You understand that our Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, plainly teach us that we're not like the world? That we're not supposed to be like the world. 
that when we are like the world, we lose the power of God. So this idea of being saved but living just as close to Egypt as we possibly can is an absolute deal with disaster. Well, the deals just keep coming. They just keep coming. Go, if you would, please, now to chapter 10. We've looked at the first two deals. Number one, why don't you just stay and sacrifice here? Number two, why don't you just sacrifice but stay close by? Go to chapter 10, if you would, verse number 7. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? Well, look at verse number 8. Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh and said unto them, Go, he said unto them, Go, serve the Lord your God. But who are they that shall go? Do you get what Pharaoh's asking? Y'all want to leave... But who are you really taking? Who you, who's really going out now? Who are you going to keep behind? Who are you going to allow to stay? Who are you going to take with you? Verse number uh, 10. I know verse number 9. Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and our, with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds will we go, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. So verse number 8, Pharaoh says, Moses, I know you want to go, but if I let you go, who are you taking? Who, who, who's going to go on this trip? And Moses, if I can paraphrase, says, everybody. We're taking the young people. We're taking the old people. We're taking the men. We're taking the women. We're taking our sons. We're taking our daughters. Verse number 11. Verse 10. Go back to verse 10. He said unto them, let the Lord be so with you as I will let you go. Loves the next clause. And your little ones, look to it, for evil is before you. Not so, go now, that ye are men and serve the Lord, for that ye desire. And they were driven out of the Lord's presence. In other words, Pharaoh says, tell you what, Moses, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let the Israelites go, but I, I, I want you just to take the men. Just have the men go out and do the sacrificing, but why don't we just leave the rest of the family out of it? Why don't you just split up the family, let the women and the children stay here, and you, the men go out and serve? Sadly today, Satan tries to play the same trick. He says, let's make a deal. If you want to serve God, that's all right, but leave your family out of it. Leave your loved ones out of it. I, can, I, can, I, can I just stop a few moments and make a statement that I hope everybody will understand? Satan, our enemy, wants our families. And I'm going to be blunt. He's done a pretty good job of taking a whole lot of them. Satan wants our children. He wants our grandchildren. He wants our marriages split up. He wants our homes divided. You understand, I've said this a thousand times, that the fabric of this country is made up of the churches and the homes. Uh, and so the enemy knows when he can destroy the home, he can destroy the church, and he can destroy the fabric of this nation. And listen, we're seeing the fabric of this country ripped apart in front of our eyes. We're seeing today what happens when an entire generation is raised without an understanding of God who have no realization of absolute authority and think that authority is relative and think that if I think it or if I feel it, that makes it worthwhile? Satan wants our family. He wants to destroy marriages, and he's doing a good job of it. He wants to destroy children's lives, and he's doing a good job of it. He wants, listen, some of us not going to like this. He, he rejoices for every teenager that gets hooked to drugs. He rejoices with every young person that becomes an alcoholic. He rejoices with every home that's split up. He rejoices with every church that has to fold. He rejoices when the work of God, which is based upon the family structure, 
does not survive. Parents, listen to me closely. Please listen to me. Parents, grandparents, the school system and the peers of your children are not the ones who should be raising your kids. The school system... And thank God for godly teachers. I served in the public ed system for 12 years, now serving the higher ed system. Uh, thank God for it. But you hear me, it was, not, it was designed to educate your child, not raise your child. Far too many today have abdicated the raising of their children to an outside entity, typically the school system or the peers. But you hear me, that is a recipe for disaster. You will end up with children who question authority, children who are given to disobedience, children who believe that there is no God. We're seeing it happen in front of us. While I'm on the subject, may I simply say to you this morning that as parents, we are given the God-given responsibility of raising these children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So when the enemy comes and says, let's just split the family up over this issue. Let's just realize that, that the men, you can go serve God, or the ladies, they can serve God, but let's just leave the rest of the family out of it. What a bunch of hogwash. What a bunch of baloney this morning. There is nothing that does the enemy more damage than a family that serves God together. Deal number one, why don't you just stay here and sacrifice? Deal number two, why don't you just stay close by? Deal number three, just split up your families and go worship. And deal number four, if you go down to chapter 10, verse number 24, notice what the Bible says in verse 24. Mo and Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Let me just stop a moment so that you can understand what Pharaoh's saying here. Pharaoh's saying, the people can go. Y'all go worship, but leave your livestock here. Leave your cattle, leave your herd. So, so, so leave all of that stuff behind. And he also says, let your little ones go. In other words, you can take the kids, but leave all the cattle behind. Verse 26, I love what Moses says. Our cattle also shall go with us. Here's my favorite clause. There shall not an hoof be left behind. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God, and we know not what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. Pharaoh says, deal number four, let's make a deal, Moses. If you've got to serve God, then go ahead, but leave your stuff behind. Leave your possessions behind. Take yourself out of Egypt, but leave your stuff behind. And I absolutely love what Moses said. Moses said, Pharaoh, not only are we not going to leave our cattle behind, we're not even going to leave a hoof behind. We're not leaving anything in this God-forsaken place. We're taking our families. We're taking our fathers. We're taking our mothers. We're taking our children. We're taking our cattle. We're taking everything out of Egypt. By the way, this is the same deal, same trap that so many fall into today. You want to be a Christian, you go ahead. But don't get your stuff out. Don't bring your stuff out, if you will. Go ahead and, 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 and serve God if you want, but, but, but leave your stuff in the world. You listen to me this morning. The real child of God understands that if we're going to live out of Egypt, we can't leave anything in Egypt. We can't listen. We can't leave our hobbies in Egypt. We can't live our pastimes in Egypt. We can't leave our joys in Egypt. We can't live anything back in Egypt that will draw us back to the thing that God saves us out of. 
It's so sad today. So many fall for this compromise of the devil. You understand that if we leave any, hear me, if we live anything back in Egypt, that's exactly what the enemy will use to pull us right back into it. I can't tell you the number of times I've sat back and prayed for but watched somebody as God rescues them out of some kind of mess, but they leave part of the mess back in Egypt, and it's not long till they're right back in the mess. I've sat in my office and begged people as God has saved them out of drugs or saved them out of alcohol or put marriages back together. I've sat in that office back there and begged people, uh, you got to get rid of those friends. Uh, if you don't change your friends, you're going to be right back where you were. Uh, and God is my witness. Uh, without fail, uh, if they don't change their friends, uh, if they don't get rid of that crowd that they knew in Egypt, uh, it's not long till they're right back in the mud that God saved them out of. Happens all the time I believe with all of my heart in a Christian philosophy about replacement in other words if you're abandoning the, the friends of the world you need to adopt some of friends of God if you're trying to live a Christian life you can't hold on to what God saved you out of and expect to be victorious I want to close this morning with a reminder that this is not the only time that the enemy offered a deal that ended up being stupid. Now, on these four occasions, Moses wisely said, no thanks, not interested, don't want that deal. But there's a tragic story found in the book of Genesis. Don't turn to it. You know it already. It tells the story of two brothers named Jacob and Esau. Esau was the oldest, <clears throat> older of the two. And as such, he was entitled to a double portion of his father's estate and was entitled to take over as the head of the family when his father passed away. One day, Esau's out in the field and returns home. He's hungry. He sees his baby brother Jacob fixing a pot of soup. Esau looks over at Jacob and says, Hey, Jacob, that soup sure does smell good. Can I have a bowl? Jacob says, Well, got a deal for you. I'll give you this bowl of soup if you give me your birthright. Now, let me, let me help you understand what that means. That means that Esau is giving up two-thirds of his daddy's inheritance and now accepting only one-third. Two-thirds of the money, two-thirds of the land, two-thirds of the resources, and exchange, he only gets one-third. Let, let, let me ask you today, if there's $100 sitting out here, how much would you rather have, the $77 or the $33? Or the $67 or the $33? You'd rather have the two-thirds. Anybody would. But Esau looks at it and he says, well, I'm hungry. I don't really care much about this birthright, so I'll give it all up for a little bowl of soup. So Esau sits down, and for a few minutes, he enjoys the bowl of soup. For a few minutes, he's satisfied. For a few minutes, it seems to make sense. I mean, the young man's starving to death, but then his stomach is full. And I think he realizes what a stupid deal I have made. I've given up two-thirds of my inheritance in exchange for one-third. I've given up the birthright. I've given up the right to take over my father's land and business when he passes away. I've given up everything for a stupid bowl of soup. Now, when he's eating the bowl of soup, it probably makes sense. But I can't help but wonder when he finishes the meal and looks down at the empty bowl if he didn't say to himself, what kind of fool have I been? How stupid I've been. Can I be honest with you folks? That's the kind of deal the enemy makes. He gives us a 
pardon my language, a stupid bowl of soup. And he comes to us when we're needy. He comes to us when we're hurting. He comes to us when we're messed up spiritually. And he puts that in front of us. And the flesh inside says, man, I want that soup. What we don't understand is the amount we have to give up for that soup ain't worth it. And so we sit down at the enemy's table, uh, and we slurp the soup, uh, and we eat the meal. uh, But before you know it, uh, the meal is done. And about six or seven hours later, we're hungry again, but now we're in the enemy's clutches. You listen to me. It would have been so much wiser to look at the enemy and say, no deal. Not interested in making a deal. Let me say to all of us this morning, any time the enemy comes to make a deal, look at him square in the face and say, not interested. Not interested. Evan, I want you to come back up here if you would, buddy. I want you to sing the first song you sung this morning for an invitation song for us. If it matters to you, it matters to the master. I want you to understand this morning that whatever you are facing, If it's important to you, it's important to the God that saved you. And whatever you're facing, the enemy is going to try to come and deal you something to get you to turn your back on what God gave you. My church has heard me say this a thousand times. If you got a home, it's because God gave it to you. If you got a family, it's because God gave it to you. If you got a job, it's because God gave it to you. And the enemy wants to take it all. Look at him square in the face, just like Moses did, and say, no deal. Evan, sing the song for us, buddy. When life gets you down and you feel more broken than whole. When the wounds go deep. It matters to the master. 
Folks, thank you for tuning into the program this morning. We trust you'll join us Wednesday now, 6.30 for Kids Corner, 7 o'clock for Bible study. God bless you. We miss you. Hope to see you next Sunday in the parking lot. Have a good week.